0: Brighton Music Conference with Sharpstream. You are listening to the Brighton Music Conference podcast. It's Ellie Talebian here and I am joined by the Association for Electronic Music. Hello.
1: Hi Ellie. Hello.
0: Hello. How are we doing?
1: Yeah, really good, thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: You're welcome. Now, do you want to tell me a bit about that track, Greg? You picked it.
1: Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a classic track from 2007. Um, I just think it's... It's got a sort of personal history for me. I used to play it, play it out quite a lot and it was one of those transition tunes that you could uh, you could sort of almost just very subtly shift the energy level up in a room from almost a standing start to a, you know, a dance floor that's fully engaged and a grooving sea of people.
0: It's Claude Von Stroke.
1: Who's Afraid of Detroit? It's that Stanton remix, which yeah. is... Yeah, it's pretty special because... It's a masterclass in production as well. Like right? The the space between the sounds uh, and the <clears throat> the separation between the frequency bands, you put that through a big system and, and people feel it.
0: Yeah. Well, we were just having a great conversation, weren't we, about that kind of music and about breaks and about how breaks have changed over the last few years. Now, you clearly are a lover of breaks and Stanton Warriors. Can you tell me a bit about how come you're sat here today, the general manager of AFEM, you know, what was your journey into the electronic music industry?
2: Sure.
1: So, I mean, I I kind of moved to London in sort of the mid-90s. Uh, I was playing drums in bands, working in record shops. Um, and then one of the bands I was playing in was like a, an indie dance crossover thing that signed to a, a Brixton label called Dust to Dust, um, which was, it was actually sort of the original home of Sunday Best Recordings as well before they moved on to their own thing. And... um and yeah, sort of, I kind of, ended up going into that that record label office, coming out with a with every one of their vinyl releases, and uh, kind of started DJing around a month later. Okay. Um, but that was the that's how how I ended up started DJing, and then the love of um, production and electronic music came in um, further and further. And then in, in tandem with the DJing and production, I've sort of been working at. Uh, rights organisations like PRS for Music um, and their dance music music account manager for a number of years looking at uh, how to get fairer payments to uh, rights holders and and creators when their music's played in clubs Um, and that kind of linked me through to what AFEM were doing in terms of their Get Played, Get Paid campaign which is about the, the deployment of music recognition technology in clubs for more accurate payment of royalties to um, creators and rights holders. And, uh, yeah, that's how I end up making that transition into into this role.
0: Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit more about your role and what it entails and what you've achieved in the last five years. Next, though, I want to hear some music from Shino or Tristan, so it's up for grabs. Who is going to share one of their favourite
3: classics with me? I'll go next. Okay. Go Shino. <laughs> Do you want to introduce it for me, Shino? Okay, this track is Body Language by Mandy versus Booker Shade. Came out in two thousand and five on Get Physical Music.
0: Gino Allen, Events and Communications Manager for AFIM.
3: Tell me a bit more about that track and why it's important to you. Okay, so I remember first hearing this track on the dance floor at the Concorde 2 here in Brighton in 2005. Um, It brings back amazing memories of being on the dance floor. And then having Bookshare play for me while I was general manager at the Ocean Rooms Club, um, which is no longer. Uh, It was just one of those tracks that me and my friends used to just play back over and over and over again and never get bored of. And I guess there's been a few years where I might not have heard it or something, but every time I do, it just makes me smile, so... (laughs)
0: Now, over the years, you seem to have built up quite a lot of career capital in the dance music industry, I would say, kind of turning your hand at different things. I'm not sure whether you've tried DJ, producer just yet, but <laughs> yeah, you've got this wealth of experience. So what's brought you to AFM kind of, can you tell me a bit about your journey into the dance music industry?
3: Sure. So I've got no plans on becoming a DJ or producer <laughs> um, at the moment or probably any time in the near future. However, um I actually started at 17 as a humble flyer outside the escape club and I was 17 and I got a job handing out flyers. I loved the music, used to obviously sneak into the clubs and um, started my own flyering company and worked with a lot of the clubs along the seafront. And, Respect. And quite a lot of them that don't exist anymore, including the Gloucester and the Ocean Rooms. Um, from then on, kind of got into promotion, uh, management, ended up running um, the Ocean Rooms Club, as I mentioned before, and one in the marina called Karma and the Escape Club. Um, And then I kind of left the music industry for a bit, um, went and worked in product and brand management for a number of years, Uh, then went to Bright Music Conference as their programme director, which kind of was a catalyst into me working in a bit of management and communications and then here i am now with afm wonderful stuff shot. thank you for
0: sharing and thank you for playing that amazing track now tristan you are up next what have you got for me
4: uh we're going to listen to the hard floor remix of Yaki Yaki by mori kanti
0: wicked Fantastic track to share with us, Tristan. Thank you. You're welcome. When did this track come out?
4: So this is 1994, so we're looking at a track that's over 20 years old now.
0: Oh, uh, wow, okay.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's, it shows my age. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah.
0: Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier about where you first heard this. Or, or a significant moment when you were playing this track?
4: Yeah, so it was. I, I heard it at a free party um, by a reservoir in, in Bristol, um, probably about seven o'clock in the morning, and this came on <laughs> after a after a, a fun a, a fun a fun fun night. And, and, and as the sun was coming up, it was one of those classic moments um, where the sun's coming up and a, a new tune gets dropped. It was new at the time heard this and it stuck and it's, you know, it's moments like that that are transformative.
0: I just want to check in that in our heads, when Tristan said that we all just place ourselves somewhere at seven o'clock in the morning after like a heavy <laughs> night. Like, just Yeah. And now I'm really feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. But did this make you fall in love with dance music? Uh,
4: well, I mean, Greg's actually already, Greg and I have a shared um, convergence point in terms of dance music which is the prodigy Jilted the generation for me was one of the albums that got me into dance music in a massive way um, and left field leftism mm. killing yeah. on bang yeah. on yeah. yeah so 20 years on you can still drop this track pretty much in any set and it's going to get the crowd going debt Mantle main stage this year closing tune and uh, Holly Price, young up-and-coming artist, very good DJ, sent me a live video knowing it was my favorite track from Deck Mental, and uh, everyone went absolutely crazy for it. And there's a generation there where she's in her early 20s and still moved by a bit of music now, which is actually older than is. So that's quite touching.
0: Yeah. Uh, that must be a nice moment that she's recognized that that's one of your favorite tracks and shared it with you too. That's a nice thing to do.
4: It is. It's a bit of the mentoring work we do at AFM. So we Ah. we try and support up-and-coming artists and talent and work where we can. She's certainly one of the sort of emerging, fresh talent that's coming through at the moment.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about your journey to the Association for Electronic Music? That track clearly moved you all those years ago.
4: Yeah, it, it 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 really did. It really did. And yeah, starting starting as a as a reservoir at seven o'clock in the morning, listening to that <laughs> that track, um, it grabbed me. And that was that was that had been preceded, obviously, by an interest um, that had been raised by the the prodigy and people like Leftfield. Um, that was really the seed. And and, and from there, I I went out clubbing throughout the 90s um, and then spent um, time in Southampton. I moved there to university and started doing club promotion there. So staying on the south coast. Um, used to come down to Zap in Brighton back in the day um, and then spent the seasons in Ibiza. So I'd spend my university seasons out in Ibiza doing three or four months over there um, working for people like um, Pasha and Manumission. So, Doing a range of different VJing and lighting jobs, from DJing for Darren Emerson in a palm tree, uh, or VJing rather for Darren Emerson in a in a palm tree for underwater, um, through to doing um, laser engineering at Manumission um, uh, back in the day when that was that was really going, and then coming back here, finished university, um, moved into events since so I was doing the event side of things, so production, lighting, really learning sort of like all of the the mechanics of the industry from the from the ground up that goes into events. Um, And I moved to Australia for um, a year, working in Sydney for Fuzzy, which is the the largest, or was at the time the largest um, dance music promoter in Australia, um, uh, doing backline artist liaison on stage management for them. Um, Somewhere in between that, I worked for Tidy Tracks as well. So I spent some time working for for what was a very big hard house label at the time then, um, with Lisa Lashes and the Tidy Boys and people like that. Um, And then I Came back and I had, a bit like sheno I had a break away from music for a little while doing events for a range of different people um, with a range of different guests. Um, everywhere from sort of like the Guildhall in London to Windsor Castle in the Queen, um, quite different to, to, to the raving community. Um, uh, and then back into music doing business development um, and then got myself a, a place. I was elected onto the executive board of the Association for Electronic Music where I spent two and a half years um, before taking some time out and then, and then coming on to, to work full-time as, a, as an employee.
0: So you're a regional manager? That's right. With it sounds like you must have had a lot of fun over the last few years like doing all of those various roles. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of awesome experience I'm sure you were putting to good use with the Association for Electronic Music. Thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you, all of you, for sharing your journey. I think it's really important um, when we're talking about people that work in the music industry and talking about organisations that we actually show where those points of access are to everybody. And show that it does start from that point where you're flyering and you're promoting and you're helping out local clubs and then you can get into this really, you know, nice position that I think you guys are all in where you're making a real change, aren't you, Uh, for people within the electronic music industry. Now, AFIM has been around for five years and... I'm kind of finding it difficult to put into a nutshell what you do. You're a not-for-profit organisation. And to me, as I said to you before the interview started, you're kind of at the forefront or somewhere involved in lots of the positive changes that are happening in, in the industry, lots of that infrastructure that joins things up and makes them perhaps a little bit more proper. Is that a fair way to put it? (laughs) <laughs> but
1: I'd, I'd say that's certainly certainly a good way to explain some of what we do. Yeah. Um, I say at the core of what we do, we're, we're a connections hub for yeah. businesses okay. involved in electronic music, um, and our our members are from every area of of the industry. So we represent managers and publishers and labels and tech companies and retailers and distributors, everybody involved in electronic music, um, and through connecting them. The benefits they receive are, you know, opportunities to develop new business um, between members uh, and also through connecting members, we sort of get the feedback as to what are the key issues in the various industry sectors that need to be potentially worked on as a collective. Um, and, And so therefore we can build a coalition for change in the industry where it's needed.
0: Now, you mentioned the word connectivity and just staying connected a lot there. You guys have had a really important presence at Brighton Music Conference for the last few years. How important is it to stay connected in the industry?
4: It's absolutely vital. I think it's one of the most important things. You can have all of the talent in the world, but if people don't know who you are and you don't have the right doors open for you, then you won't be able to move forward. So something like Brighton Music Conference is a wonderful initiative to have here in England. Um, on the south coast, I mean, there's nothing else like it. You can come down here and then you're in a room in a really um, easy access environment with people like Stuart Knight from Tool Room Records. Um, you've got Chris Goss from Hospital. You know, there's, there's all of these massive label owners and DJs and artist managers, agents, everybody from across the board. But they're just there. They're in the same space that you are. So these people that are often seemingly quite inaccessible, um, are, are, are suddenly accessible in there and, and they've come to support, that they've come to help um, and they've come to engage. So it's a great opportunity to, to really build careers.
0: And I'm pretty sure you guys would have got your roles by networking and communicating and making sure that you're attending these kind of conferences, being at these kind of places. Yeah, yeah. So
1: building yeah. personal relationships is, mm-hmm. is utterly key. Um, and if you're you know, in a world where it's so easy to send emails and to connect via the web, via the various tools. Uh, in reality, you get a lot deeper connections if you're there in front of someone and they can actually vibe off you.
3: Yeah, so I think it's a completely different thing. You know, we all get possibly 200 emails a day sometimes um, and they're just another person at the end of an email thread. But when you've actually made a personal connection with somebody, you remember them. I definitely do not remember everybody that's on an email thread but once I've met somebody and I've put a face to a name then they're there in my head and I'm not going to forget them and I'm sure it's the other way around for everybody, you know, so.
0: Now there's loads I want to jump into with you guys but I for, before I do I think we should have another track. What would you like to play?
1: My Max Cooper Waves. That was my sort of second tune choice. So, yeah? Yeah, so stick it on.
0: We're going in. Thank <laughs> you. The Association for Electronic Music guys have just been telling me about some of the amazing campaigns whilst that track was playing. And we are going to kick things off right now with something that I'm really excited about. I, I can't wait for this report to come out. AFEM have joined up with Eventbrite. Do you want to tell me a bit more about
3: this, Sheena? You, you explain Sure, it. sure, sure. So um, AFEM have partnered with Eventbrite to do some consumer research on the sentiment around mobile phone usage at electronic music events. Um, And actually the research piece has been from both sides, from how the DJ, the promoter, the management, the agencies feel, as well as the people in the crowd and the ticket buyers. And um, be it just taking a photo, recording a short clip, or the whole event, how does it make people feel and what do they do with that footage once they've taken it so um, we have a report being pulled together at the moment and it will go public at the beginning of December so we're quite excited to see those results
0: this is a topic I feel really passionate about I went to Egg a few months ago and obviously they put a sticker on your phone when you go into the club and I go to quite a few events and gigs and yeah it bothers me a bit when people aren't feeling the music has anything really surprising come out of this research that you can share with us now
3: so far, I think it's about equal. There are some, I think the general thing that's come out is that people are, don't want people to be recording a, the whole event um, and that it does ruin the vibe. How are you going to be sharing that information with everyone? The, um, Eventbrite will be producing a full report using spokespeople as well from AFM and um, it will be, there'll be a big PR campaign about it. I literally can't wait for it. It's
0: something, I, something I feel really strongly about. Is people just being in the moment, like we've spoken about, while while the tracks have been playing, and just kind of enjoying the music and letting that be part of a memory and experience, so that they can, you know, share it with other people in that lovely way that you guys have shared with me today. Now, you guys are behind so many different campaigns. Uh, lots of them are things that people feel really passionate about. You know, what what are your not favourite campaigns? I want to say, but. What kind of highlights for you that are happening right now on your agenda uh, that you would like to share with us today?
1: Highlights, I guess one of the longest running campaigns that we've had is the Get Played, Get Paid campaign, which is about... Very important. The whole whole thing was put together and launched around four years ago to, to highlight that when DJs play music in clubs and at festivals, very often the creators and rights holders of that music don't get paid the royalties due, which are licensed by um, organizations like PRS in the UK or Sassam in France. Um, and when we started that campaign, there were there were two territories in which music recognition technology was being deployed by um, r- um, performing rights organizations. That was the Netherlands and Australia. Uh, and over the, the course of the last sort of three and a half to four years, we're now seeing music recognition technology being deployed by um in over 15 territories so it's had a very positive effect i think the next next steps in terms of that campaign is looking at where um best practice is being is being um deployed in terms of how many festivals say they're monitoring in in the netherlands compared to how many festivals are being monitored in the uk because you know prs have recently um Decided to deploy a DJ monitor, uh, which is the same thing as what was being deployed in the Netherlands. Um, but <clears throat> in the Netherlands, I know over two hundred festival events are being monitored each year, uh, and pretty much every other territory around the world, wherever it's, um, this tech is being used, it's a much lower number. So we'll be looking to try and sort of influence these organisations to uh, to do more to expand it. And, and in clubs, you know, we know for example in Spain, I think they have over two hundred or around to um 150 clubs where they have uh, another technology called Bmat um and deployed and i think that's pretty much the, the the sort of the benchmark in terms of deployment and it's we'll be seeking to via press and via um by sort of leveraging relationships with performing and neighbouring rights organisations around the world uh look to sort of influence their um you know their practices and policies around this
0: that initiative been received by people in the industry, the people that you're representing? I imagine they must be just chuffed. I don't want to use a better word than that but you're, what you're doing is making sure that everybody is valued and paid, aren't you? You're making sure that that hard work is recognised and yeah, like how's, how's that initiative been received?
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's very positively received, um, particularly by the rights holders and creators side of things. I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding from the venue and promoter side of things. Um, in that, uh, not not every venue is uh, is immediately happy to have music recognition technology deployed, because they 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 think potentially that they'll uh, it'll it'll cause them to have to pay a higher license fee, or that it, that um, that these rights organisations are kind of spying on what's being played. But it's a it's a misunderstanding of the tech. Um, literally, the point of this initiative is very positive. Deploy the likes of. Um, DJ Monitor, BMAT, or or Pioneers Cuvo in your, in your um, event, and and then the tracks that are played, the rights holders and, uh, and creators can get paid more accurately.
0: Now, that's a real prominent initiative of yours, that more recently mental health has been a huge agenda in the dance music industry, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Like, it's it's at the forefront now, and everyone is working really hard to make sure that if there are gaps, they are being filled, and, you know, people are being taken care of, and it's much more on the agenda. What are you guys doing?
4: That's exactly right. I think it's come to the top of the agenda. We did an event with Brighton Music Conference actually at the start of this year and so BMC was really leading the way on that at the start of 2018 where we had a panel with uh, Dan Tate from Pioneer DJ Sounds, help musicians were there and a capacity room. People were engaged in the subject with talking about um, the Help Musicians um, support line, which they launched, um, um, which we partnered with Help Musicians to push out to our community where people can call if they have a problem. If they're suffering or finding it difficult within music, they can actually reach out and then they can get support.
0: And I had a really interesting conversation the other day with Help Musicians about that and about your work and about that language Um And just kind of for DJs and everybody in the dance music industry to recognize that they are musicians Mm
2: -hmm. or
0: that they are part, because we were talking about whether or not that language has an impact on whether or not people are using that service. Because it is a fantastic service and it sounds like it's had a real positive impact already. So, you know, congratulations on being involved in something so brilliant. Like it's, it's working.
4: That's absolutely right. They've got over 100 users a month um, coming to the service. And it's not just artists, it's anyone that works in the industry. Obviously, with uh, Avicii's suicide earlier this year, that really brought the topic to prominence. And then you know, following on from BMC, you had things like IMS, which then put, you know, again, at the top of the agenda, um, B, uh, BEC in Prague, and we've just come back from Berlin. at All of the conferences, and, and again, really set up by BMC at the start of the year, um, this topic has become prominent Um, and we have a working group that looks at how we can help the industry in a number of different ways in terms of engagement and reaching out and you're absolutely right it affects everybody working within our industry not just musicians not just artists.
0: Sheena can you tell me about some of the initiatives you've been behind in
3: 2018? So I'm heavily involved in the diversity and inclusion working group at AFM. 2018 has been great for us we've started the d survey which went out to all of our members. We wanted to get a snapshot of diversity within the electronic music scene so that we could establish a baseline to track future progress. Quite often we talk about wanting to see results but without that baseline it's really difficult to know if we've actually made some progress. So that went out to our members in March and pleased to say in 2019 that we'll be looking to progress that by working with our conference partners to see if we could either include some questions within the registration process or as in a feedback questionnaire, for example. So we get much broader set of results. Um, another piece is that we are in the process of defining a public-facing campaign on gender balance and diversity. One of the things that we're looking at is creating a diversity charter with our conference partners on speaker lineups, for example. So your panels
0: are really representative, I would say. I went to one last week and it was a 50-50 balance and I love seeing that. It's important. I've spoken on panels. I know you have. I'm pretty sure everybody in this room has spoken on panels and having that balance is, is key to getting interesting conversation going.
1: A broader perspective. A Absolutely. broader
0: perspective. Now, talking of panels and that broader perspective, what I would like from you, Greg, is a bit of a broader perspective of AFEM and what you do, because our conversation, it's been wonderful, but it doesn't cover everything, does it? There's so much that you guys do.
1: Sure. So, I mean, our membership are are global. We have members, 162 company members, um, from over 22 countries around the world, and and we. I've organised panels and meetings and networking events over 16 different conferences um, over the past year or so. so you know, we've been in AVA Belfast, Beats Evolution in Prague. We've just come back from Berlin, Most Wanted. Um, Brazil Music Conference have sort of taken the lead amazingly and are actually putting on afm related panels uh, without any of us actually being there. There's a, there's a board member who's involved, um, well, who sort of leads and is the director of that conference who's sort of taking the initiative to, to create or to look into creating a South American chapter of AFM, which is quite an exciting proposition. Um, yeah depending on how we think you know that that will work out might give us a model to do other in um, territory- based chapters of AFM around the world but um, but in short what we what we look to do is uh, create um, connection opportunities via networking drinks events and the like at, at conferences and standalone ones, do member meetings, um, across a broad set of territories, to bring uh, our membership together, to give them updates in terms of what we're doing in, of campaigns, and also to to show them uh, what the working groups are going, doing, in case they they want to get involved in those as well. Um, and and we also do sort of bespoke one to one introductions for members who have a particular project that they might want to discuss with another member. That uh, that we will we would pitch the idea. To that other member, rather than just sort of spamming people together, and if they happen yeah. to be interested, we, we sort of connect them.
0: That's good. That's a really good membership benefit. I like that one. That's a nice one because you're kind of vouching, aren't you, for your members and then linking them together.
1: Absolutely. And there's, yeah. there's a, a there's a level a level of sort of credibility I think that comes from being involved in AFM. Um, and as I was saying, we don't just sort of introduce people via email without Mm. uh, an initial kind of warming up and to see if someone's interested you make it meaningful and that's kind of does this interest you and if so here's the connection
0: yeah i think that's kind of the baseline for all of the work that you do isn't it it's meaningful and in an industry that sometimes seems i don't know i don't know how to put it but you know dance floors dancing boogieing it's important that there's stuff happening in the background that is meaningful Mm. um and i love what you do i love i love what you do i'd love to talk more about kind of what you're going to be doing in 2019 to shape the industry? Because it seems since you started five years ago, you've achieved so much already, you know, and there is so much more to achieve. And we were talking about it earlier. You're kind of gradually ticking those boxes and moving in the right direction and making sure the right things are happening. What can we look forward to you doing in 2019 in the industry and for the industry?
1: Well, I mean, the the real engine room of AFEM is our, our working groups. And, um, and much as sort of us as the operational team try to sort of are involved in each of those working groups, we just provide a structure to allow the the experts in these various um, subject matters to really sort of lead and take it on. And so we've, we've got working groups around um, uh, uh, that are focused on sort of metadata uh, that are going to be releasing a metadata best practice guide, which is kind of key for, for labels and rights holders who want to ensure they get paid. Um, we've got working groups uh, focused on technology um, to provide <clears throat> the broader membership with insights into what new tech developments could provide opportunities for the electronic music community going forward. Um, a particular sort of interest there sort of sort the you know AI and the artificial intelligence piece and how that's going to. Um, Shape the landscape. You know, some people think are oh, concerned that AI is going to come in and uh, just remove the need for a, a creative human. as personally, I think machine learning is it's a tool that helps elevate the output of a human creative mind. And uh, and there's there's tools like the IBM Watson Beat that that's sort of in in early in early development that that can do that. So if you're if you're kind of stuck in the production phase you can throw in some ideas into IBM Watson beat and they'll they'll maybe they'll come out with some possible uh, uh, either baselines or ideas that you can then go oh, I can move the track forward um, um, okay. but other sort of business related stuff as well
0: now your work working groups sound up what you're doing are basically you're you're creating this culture of participation in the industry I would say. That's how I would identify with it. And your working groups, are the members of those working groups made up of members of the AFEM? Yes,
4: yeah. they're, they're, they are. So we've got this wonderful composite of people that join AFEM because they feel really passionate about the industry and supporting it and then they also get involved they roll up their sleeves and like with our mental health working group um, we have a lawyer she's um uh, she's based over in the states we also have a mental health um, expert over there who's feeding into a new best practice guide that we're producing for mental health it's a it's an extension of what music managers forum produced a few years ago with again help musicians support and um, it's going to be very targeted for our industry um so that's going to be a lovely reference point but again it's it's pushed out it's driven by um our, our working groups so so as greg touched on the working groups within afm really are sort of like you know a part of a big part of the the engine of the organization
0: that sounds great i love that you're doing it that way and that your memberships are that instrumental in changing the music industry themselves and the face of the industry like that's really important is membership for for everyone who who's it for
1: Memberships for all businesses that are involved in electronic music. Um, we we although we have sort of an, some sort of uh, producers and, and DJs that are members. It's a quite a small number because it tends to be those that are interested in trying to solve industry problems. Um, so we're not really geared up for lots of DJs and producers to become members directly. But we have a lot of artists, managers, and um, we have a lot of um, uh, agents and and uh, and creative representatives. Uh, that are are members but it's literally if you're a company you're involved in electronic music uh, and you want to either connect with other businesses in electronic music um, in your in your territory or around the world or if you want to um, if there's a particular issue or you see you want to have a positive impact on the the culture more broadly then then membership is for you
0: now you've spoken about members and membership i think you've got some music for me today haven't you from one of your members (laughs) Would one of you like to introduce this for me
4: yeah so the track is um, it's by um, hot natured and annabelle england who's uh she's looked after by caa um which is one of our members and the chain is called reverse skydiving
0: Shino, Tristan and Greg, thank you so much for joining me for the Brighton Music Conference podcast. Now, I am really excited about what you guys are going to be getting up to in April at the Brighton Music Conference. Can you tell me anything before we go about what you're going to be doing?
1: Um, yeah, we'll have a pretty broad set of activities going on. Uh, we'll be doing an opening drinks Um we usually get partnerships with a few of our members. So last year we partnered with Evermix and InFlight to do a, uh, the opening drinks at The Tempest, which was pretty amazing. We'll be doing a number of panels. We'll do a, a standalone members meeting and, uh, and all sorts of uh, opportunities to, to meet potential new members as well.
0: Brilliant. And if people want to get involved with AFEM or they want to find out a bit more about what you're up to, because you are doing so much and it is relative to everyone in the industry, I would say. I found out so much more about you as individuals today and about
3: the organisation. Like, where can we find out more? You can go on our Facebook page. Our unique handle on Facebook is at AFEM.org. You can also find us on Instagram with the same handle or our website Association for associationforelectronicmusic.org
0: <laughs> and I'm super I've got my fingers crossed that the Eventbrite research that partnership that you spoke about earlier that's going to be on your socials right it will be it will be the beginning of December brilliant I can't wait for that I'm genuinely super excited thank you so much for joining me today sharing your experiences and your work it's been wonderful getting to know you AFEM
1: Thanks very much for having us early. Thank you.
0: Brighton Music Conference podcast powered by Sharpstream. You create, We create. we we deliver.